You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello again and welcome to Disney One by One. This week we're talking about Saludos Amigos from 1942. And as always, don't forget you can check us out on the internet everywhere at Disney One X One. And if you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes, we would love that. And we got a couple more this week. First from Mary Keene. She says, this podcast is fun, entertaining, and engaging. I love the structure of each episode as they all cover a wide variety of subjects ranging from informative and descriptive to funny and casual. All around fantastic podcast and very enjoyable. Thanks for that. And from Bubinick, I listen to a lot of podcasts and for a show that discusses movies, this one has incredible sound design and editing. They do a great job getting the examples and commentary to mingle well together. I work hard on that editing, so I appreciate it. And with me, as always, is my brother, David Rolfing. David, saludos, amigo. Hola. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember brother in Spanish. What is brother? Uh, Hermano. Is it hermano? Hermano. I was just in Italy, so I was thinking ciao, but ciao. that's wrong. Yeah, close well, enough. Chris Lair's here too, but uh, as you as you heard, first, David, you just mentioned you just returned from Italy. Give me like the 30-second recap of this crazy trip you just went on. Yeah, so I work at a travel company, so they put us up in this basically mansion for a week for free in Tuscany, Italy. Um, wow. So we went to Siena, Florence, Cinque Terre, and a bunch of wineries in between and then also spent a couple of days in london so it was a very huh. very fun international experience um, unfortunately it wasn't in south america but europe was will do just fine yeah. for but now you, mm. but you did not uh, set aside a day for disneyland paris i'm disappointed no we didn't yeah. stop in paris unfortunately um come on were, david were there any like famous people that had stayed where you stayed yeah, the place we were at was actually like run by a celebrity vacation company before our company like leased it. And Mel Gibson and Nicole Kidman, David wow. Beckham, and the Spice Girls had all stayed at the same place. <laughs> at the same time. So, at the same time. No, the yeah. Spice Girls. Huh? Uh, so you can imagine how nice this place was just by, you know, David Beckham staying there. What <laughs> Disney movie did Mel Gibson do a voice in? I know Jungle this. Book. I know this answer. No, I know the answer. Can I guess? Yeah. All right. Um, Pocahontas. Yes, he is yes. John Smith. I believe. Am I? Am I right? I, no, I you are correct. Right. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's correct. I'll fact check it. What John Powell scored movie did Mel Gibson do a voice in? Oh, I should know this. Wait a minute. John Powell score. Um, okay, I got it. Uh, Chicken Run. Yes. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's John Powell and Harry Gregson Williams. Yeah, and they, Harry Gregson Williams. Yep. That, that was one. a team team effort. It was Mel Gibson. I checked. Ooh, man, that really stretched my brain. Well, anyway, also here today is Chris Lair, our first returning guest. Hello. Great to be here. You heard him on uh, on uh, uh, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, correct? Yep. Yeah, Pinocchio. Yeah, the donkeys and everything. Ooh. Chris, welcome back to Disney One by One. <laughs> Thank you. Great to be here, Mike. So, so Chris, you went on a trip recently, not to not to Tuscany, but I believe to a magical kingdom. I did. I kind of was in Italy for a little bit because yes, I was at Epcot. The pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> it was very convincing. For a moment, I thought I was in Tuscany itself. Yes, right. <laughs> there aren't a lot of attractions in the Italian pavilion. 
No, it's just there's restaurants, not. right? Mm-hmm. I actually, funny enough, I didn't even eat anything. My my wife and I, we decided that this past trip, we were going to try and eat around the world and get something snack level mm-hmm. at each individual pavilion, either savory or sweet. And we ended up, I don't think we got anything at uh, at Italy. Huh. You failed your mission then. I did. <laughs> I failed. <laughs> What were your what were your top three favorite things at Epcot? Mm, that's tough. Because you hadn't been there for a long time, right? No, I hadn't been there since like 1998. Okay, that's a so long time. So, yeah, that was quite a while. Uh, well, definitely Soren. That's an amazing attraction. You know, all the sights and sounds and smells. That was amazing. So, I recommend that. Uh, I also highly recommend Spaceship Earth. Yeah. It, some people might not be as enchanted with it as I am, but it's just got such a classic Disney feel. It's the first ride that we hit in the day as well, and we had a fast pass to it. So nice. it's just, it's it's very memorable, very iconic. Hmm. And I think for the third one, I'd say Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, which which is their like ending show. The, it's a laser show, like laser projection and fireworks and pyrotechnics and it's just really cool really awesome experience and so. maybe going away soon i think yeah it's, i it's heard they were a long time no i know i can't square with that i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> broke david my heart. and i definitely both have that song completely memorized which one yeah all <laughs> of it <laughs> yeah the whole, the whole thing I love that song so much. In middle school, I used it in one of my Halo 3 montages as the background music. We are one. Well, no, well, not, well I, they have that, but it's the whole instrumental part. The, oh. Yeah, And the fireworks are like perfectly synced with all the beats perfectly. in the song. Perfectly. Okay, so kind of funny story. We, we, uh, we heard on Good Authority to stand on the bridge. Like, There's a bridge, be, like... Right before you get to the uh, France United Kingdom, yeah, oh. it's in between France and United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, this, we were given a tip to go there to, to watch the whole show, and it was great. It was great position to be in, but the wind was blowing it just the right way. That ash was just raining down on us. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like wiping away. I was like, <laughs> it was still amazing, but yeah. I also love the song that I believe they play afterwards as people are walking out. Mm-hmm. It's like 20 minutes long and it just goes, yes. away up, away up, away up, away up, away up, away up, away away Which that was originally written for a parade. There was the yeah, tapestry, I, tapestry of Nations parade, uh-huh. which I didn't realize for until recently. I was like, why is there a 25 minute song? It's because it was for a parade, but. Right. Well, I just really liked it, man. I used to always play that song when I was driving long distances. I'm like, man, this is one song. When it's over, I've gone like 30 miles. What? <laughs> no kidding. So anyway, we can jump over to the Mexico Pavilion. Uh-huh, or, yes. Uh huh. Yes. Or whatever. I guess this isn't really Mexico, but close right. enough. Or right. Is that racist? I don't know. To <laughs> Saludos Amigos. And now our feature presentation. Out of the romantic laughter of dashing gauchos and carefree dancers comes the inspiration for Walt Disney's glorious new musical feature, Saludos Amigos. 
As always, some historical context and history of this movie. And this is a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, in early 1941, before the U.S. entered World War II, uh, the United States Department of State commissioned a goodwill tour of South America, basically intended to like be on good terms with the South American countries. And in order to make a movie to show in the U.S. and Central and South America as part of like this good neighbor program that they had going on. So this was being done because there were several Latin American governments that had close ties with the Nazis and the U.S. was trying to like counteract these things. And they sent Walt to kind of act as an ambassador. And the tour was facilitated by Nelson Rockefeller, who had recently been appointed as the coordinator of inter-American affairs. Huh. And so Disney took a group of 20-something composers and artists and technicians from his studio to South America, mainly to Brazil and Argentina, but also Chile and Peru, in order to, like, be on good terms with these people. This whole project itself was given federal loans and guarantees because Disney had tried to expand in European markets because of World War II and all these things. Like, they were kind of, they were very much struggling. There was also a labor strike amongst a lot of the animators and stuff. So Disney was not in good shape, but this gave them an opportunity to make a couple movies that were completely paid for, whether or not they made any money or not, which is kind of fascinating. So Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros, which came out of this trip, were completely funded by the U.S. government. Wow. (laughs) And Disney was more or less saved for at least a period of time because of this, because he couldn't really afford to make movies himself, and so this kind of jump-started that. Uh-huh. Saludos Amigos was released August 24th, 1942, in Rio de Janeiro. The movie was nominated for musical score, original song, Saludos Amigos, and Best <laughs> Sound Recording in the Oscars that year. And also, um, there's a whole documentary about that trip, which... I watched along with this movie called Walt and and El Grupo, which is what this group, which is what this group of artists called themselves. What? El Grupo. <laughs> El Grupo. Uh, <laughs> that tells, I know, whatever. That tells this whole story, I mean, in great detail. And if you're interested in this kind of just bizarre turn of events, I, I recommend that documentary. So, David, did I miss anything? You <laughs> did. You missed a few fun facts. Um, first, it's the shortest Disney feature ever at 42 minutes long. It premiered in three different languages, Portuguese, Spanish, and English. Makes sense. And what's interesting there is that they were all voiced by the same actors, mostly. So, yeah. like, even the English-speaking actors recorded it in Spanish and Portuguese. So, usually other languages, you know, dubbed over its different actors completely. For Jose Carioca, that character, the guy who voiced him was the first voice actor to get an on cre- on screen credit in a Disney movie, hmm. so no yeah, way he, he is in the opening titles. I, I, I noticed yeah. that really this is the first time. What in the world? That was <laughs> the first time. <laughs> Those are my facts. All right, great. So, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Had you seen this movie before? What were your no. preconceived notions of this movie, if any? I I had never seen this film before, and I went into it thinking there was going to be a very cohesive story and i was a little jarred to find out that its formatting was very fragmented into vignettes of south america sure yeah interesting which we will dive into david did you have any preconceived notions about saludos amigos no i had never really even heard of this movie i think maybe (laughs) i had seen a segment like 
as a kid, but it kind of blended together with the three caballeros in my mind. Yeah, me too. That's how I was too. Yeah, it's good to have them like separate. Now I know what this movie is, but yeah, I hadn't really seen any of it before. Yeah, as I've mentioned at least a couple times in this podcast, I love Three Caballeros, and I've seen it dozens of times. Oh, yeah. I had not seen this one. I was familiar with it only because it's like always paired with Three Cabs on DVDs right. and Blu-rays and that sort of thing. But right. I had never watched it, so we've now all watched it. So if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, here is a quick recap of Saludos Amigos in 60 Seconds. Saludos Amigos features four different segments interweaved with footage of Walt Disney's group of artists exploring the respective countries. Adios, Hollywood, and saludos, amigos. First is Lake Titicaca, where Donald Duck meets with some of the locals and hijinks ensue with a llama. Next is the story of Pedro the Airplane in Santiago, Chile. Pedro has to pick up and deliver an important shipment of mail, but he gets distracted and flies into a terrible storm. He escapes and delivers the mail, but it turns out it was just a single postcard. Well, it might have been important. This is followed by El Gaucho Goofy. Howdy, strangers! Where American cowboy Goofy gets dropped into the heart of Argentina to learn the ways of the gaucho. As is typical with Goofy, hijinks ensue. Last is Watercolor of Brazil, a beautiful showcase of Brazil featuring a new character named Jose Carioca and again, Donald Duck. The segment features two songs, Brazil and Tico Tico No Fuba, which keep your toes tapping through the end of the movie. Okay, so saludos, amigos. Chris, what was your initial reaction after watching this movie? I would say positive. I I mean, I definitely enjoyed it. I found myself smiling and laughing at the end of it, especially ending uh, the way they did with... Jose, how do you say his last name? Carioca. Carioca. Yeah, the whole Brazil and Rio stuff, I found that very enjoyable. Uh, there, there was definitely some ups and downs to it because I, I was, I can, I went into it so just fresh. I didn't know what to expect, so there was a lot of things that I found enjoyable, like because I wasn't expecting them, and other things that I was more jarred by but i'd say it was good i'd say it had a, a good impression yeah i witnessed chris watching this movie because he watched he did. it on his lunch break at work <laughs> <laughs> it's so short <laughs> i know and he was like when is the animation going to come in because the first like i don't know how many minutes is live action which is uh-huh. kind of weird yep. that this even qualifies for this list of movies yeah but feature film indeed we'll let it be uh david your initial reaction after watching saludos amigos yeah, um, I wouldn't say my first reaction is positive. I wouldn't say it's negative either. I'm, it's kind of like, this doesn't even yeah. seem like an actual movie to me. It seems like a, seems like a video that should play at like Epcot or something, you know, like in some sort of themed experience where you're going through different segments, even on a boat ride, it could work perfectly because right. it's very disjointed, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because the, the last time you were on the show, we talked about Pinocchio being a little mm-hmm. bit disjointed. And this one yes. is that to an even greater extent. It's like a weird mix of live footage, documentary style, yeah. along with yeah. these cartoons. Um, yeah. I enjoyed a couple of the cartoons the Donald Duck one and the the plane one, I think, were my favorites. Probably, oh, you like the plane one? <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't hate. Like, I did not like <laughs> um, Pedro. But yeah, the, overall, I did not. I was unimpressed with the film. All right. <laughs> Ooh, ouch. I I generally enjoyed it. I think I, I ended up watching it three times before recording this because. Whoa. We were we were originally trying to record this a couple weeks ago, and so I watched yeah. it then, and then I rewatched it like right before we recorded because it's so short. Mm-hmm. And then it's like been two weeks, so I just like watched it again tonight. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I've seen it a few times now. It's fresh. Um, you know, it's definitely very reminiscent of Three Cabs, which we'll get to next week. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think any of the segments are quite as good, except for the final segment, the watercolor of Brazil. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really liked, and we'll we'll dive mm-hmm. into that a little bit later. It had Fred Shields as the narrator, who is like, it's like my, ah. fa- if he can narrate my life, I would be happy. Some flew over the Andes into Chile. The others went north to the Inca country, Bolivia, Peru, and Lake Titicaca. Oh, he's amazing. I believe he also does three cabs. He's also the voice of Bambi's dad. No way. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. Huh. They, they just recycle all their people all the time. You know, and then it begins with those maps. I love the ah, the caricature the map. So I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Same with Dumbo. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm into this. Mm. Yeah, and then the the segments are kind of hit or miss. Yes, I actually really <laughs> like the live action stuff. Whether or not it should qualify in this list of animated movies is kind of a moot point. But there's something yeah. about like really old color footage. Yeah. That like gives me warm feelies. <laughs> I was yeah, I was so polarized by it at the outset that I wasn't able to enjoy it until about halfway through, and then then I saw it as charming and I liked it. It grew on me. And I as, love I love yeah. I'm a sucker for retro Disney footage. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, vintage. Vintage Disney footage. Right. You know, seeing Walt in his element, which we get yeah. a couple times, seeing mm-hmm. the studio at work. Yeah, seeing this, all this completely, everything's just totally staged. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that interior of the airplane was all, actually on a soundstage. I know? wonder. I wondered. It was, <laughs> it was. I actually made a note too about seeing young Walt. That was kind of heartwarming to see him in his element as young and energetic and ambitious. And then also seeing like the paint hitting the paper as they're crafting these different concept pieces. It really was. It it had a certain charm to it. Yeah, and these these people getting in this airplane and flying mm-hmm. down there. I don't know. Yeah. I, I liked. I, I I appreciate that stuff for like its 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 vintage charm. Yeah, I, I want to add add to my opening statement because I don't want to sound too negative here. Like, <laughs> I just I just thinking about this some more. I don't think I can kind of wrap my head around like why exactly this movie was made and like what the people <laughs> knew about South American culture at the time. Cause obviously sure. like we are, the world today is so much more global. We have the internet. We can look up, you know, Google images of Brazil and mm-hmm. Lake Titi Kaka or whatever it's called. Is that right? Oh, that, that was is, right. That is correct. Yeah, Lake okay. Titi Kaka. Um, you know, like we know about their culture. It's not something too foreign to us. And so like, Maybe it was really cool for them to see this footage of the the locals there and mm, to sure. see their culture. Mm, sure. It just like right. didn't have that value for me. So maybe that's what I'm kind of missing. You got to right. put from yourself this. in the shoes of the people. Yeah. The 1941 <laughs> yeah. about to go to war people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people seeing this movie were seeing most of these things for the first time. 
True. Yeah. It's mm. cool that they were able to. I mean, a, a trip to South America in the forties was probably not easy. No. I, I think. I think in the movie they're like, and three days later they arrived in Brazil. You know. So, yeah. I was like, like whoa. <laughs> it, it was. It's not. It was no small feat. So in, in that in that sense, I, I definitely give it credit. Three days later, they glided into Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Then down to the Argentine, Buenos Aires. All right. Well, let's dive into some of these segments. We can brush through them quickly if we need to, but so mm-hmm. we, like we said, it begins with sort of the, the story of these this group, the El Grupo, El Grupo, uh, traveling down south, splitting into kind of different mm-hmm. to different places and exploring and drawing and observing. And so the first animated segment we get is at Lake Titicaca with Donald <laughs> Duck. Lake Titicaca is approximately thirteen thousand feet above sea level. <laughs> Approximately, and then and then they talk about llamas and I don't know Donald Donald has a pet llama and there's some hijinks that happen there. I thought that was kind of fun with with the suspension bridge or the rope bridge falling apart and there's some good animation there, no doubt yes. about that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought really, that up. Yes, I am as well. the The animation just of like depicting the height and stuff was really impressive. It was like getting me a little bit queasy on that yeah. bridge, mm-hmm. and it was a very fun mm-hmm. sequence. Yes. So, uh, David, I don't know. Have you seen Emperor's New Groove? I have. Okay. Mike, I have not. I have not you don't spoil it. Okay. I'm not going to spoil anything here. But let me just say that a lot of the art style and uh, shot composition is very much homaged in Emperor's New Groove. Interesting. I couldn't find anything online that directly uh, referenced it. But, I, I mean, side by side... The the co- the color palette everything about it hmm. just looked so much like Emperor's New Groove and since I I'm very aware very familiar with Emperor's New Groove and I wasn't with this film I was like what in the world this is this is crazy so That's it cool. was kind of cool to see that that there was a a very clear callback later in Disney's history are you sure you're just not recognizing more alpacas or llamas that are in both of these movies. <laughs> Well, all right. I'm going to have to send you some side-by-side stills because they're... Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's a that's a interesting observation. And when we finally get to that movie in, you know, two years yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there, Mike. <laughs> You're on your way. So next segment, if we're done talking about the llama... <laughs> yeah, I'm done with the llama. ...is Pedro, the plane. But first, we get some more shots of the Disney folks... Including a guy smoking smoking on an airplane, which is very yeah, 19, 1940s. Right? How about that? <laughs> so, story of Pedro, who's a mail plane. Once upon a time, in a little airport near Santiago, Chile, there lived three airplanes: the Papa plane, the Mama plane, and the Baby plane. Like delivers mm-hmm. the mail. He's also yep. male, but he delivers the mail through a storm. Don't assume and then, his gender. Yeah, we don't know he's male. Pedro. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think, I think that's and then name. the kind of the joke of the of this short is that you know he goes through all these perils and almost dies, and he ends up just like delivering one little postcard. It's kind of like the the punchline. So I don't mm. have much to say about this. It was <laughs> it was fine. I didn't like it. <laughs> I thought it was cute. I thought that the 
the art style or like the personification of the planes really reminded me of cars. Yeah, it did. Know, something like that. Yeah. Using the the windows as the eyes. I mean, this is probably the first time they did that sure. and probably inspired cars a little bit. There's also a car spinoff called Planes. I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. I thought that that existed straight to VH or not VHS DVD. Um, but I liked the also the personification of like the mountain. I thought that, that was kind of cool style in this one. Yeah, that was that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought he was annoying. I thought Pedro was annoying. He's uh. got that great narrator though. Yeah, the narrator was great. Probably the best part. And they do have. I'll give them. I'll give them this. Like the the end of it is, and I don't want to spoil anything necessarily, but it's pretty dark. I mean, th- there's some fake outs going on, and you it's can, just you can spoil it. This movie's from 1942. That's true. Yeah, statute of limitations on this one. It it was it was you know they they obviously make it out like Pedro dies and it's it's pretty dark i mean the pacing and everything all the cinematic elements and the music it's it's pretty dark i did find myself starting to become more in, invested in the story at that point but i didn't like pedro i didn't like him <laughs> i just thought he was kind of dumb it wasn't exactly a three point landing but he did fulfill his mission Speaking of kind of dumb, we have Goofy coming up next. <laughs> but how is that for kind of dumb? But before, <laughs> but before him, we actually get to see the animators at work and get to see yeah. some some Walt, a little bit of Walt in studio and mm-hmm. on location. Which, like right. I said earlier, I generally love that stuff. So, I did have one question. You guys might know. So we saw Donald Duck, and we're about to see the Goofy scene. Mm-hmm. Was this the first appearance of both of those characters? Huh. In I think, a movie? I think they were in a feature mm. film, yes. But I mm-hmm. could, I would imagine they're in short films that were made. Cartoon, yeah. yeah Jose I, recognizes him, so. Yeah, I, I do not, I cannot like name one specifically, but. Right. I don't think this, there's no way this was Goofy's first appearance. Donald Duck first appeared in the 1934 cartoon, The Wise Little Hen. Really? There there you go. Now, I will say, I believe there are a number of sort of goofy instructional videos. And this I would kind of put in that category. There's one that came out relatively recently called How to How to Assemble Your Home Theater or something like that. And it's goofy trying to put together a like his like home a theater s- system. Stereo and stuff. Yeah, and just things go wrong. Huh. And it's narrated by a very <laughs> similar it's narrated by a very similar sounding person. So this reminded me a lot of that. Uh-huh. Even like so it's basically Goofy as a cowboy and explaining how South American cowboys are different from El American Guacho. cowboys or something like that. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of explanation. You even see like words pop up saying this is his sombrero, this is his whatever, this is his whatever. Uh, kind mm-hmm. of like detailedly explaining what he wears and what these cowboys do. The one, two, bite, cut, chew. One, two, I... bite, cut, chew and all these things. Yep, I uh, wrote that down too. So... You got the bread and the meat in one hand. You got yeah, the right. he swallows part of the knife. So yeah, I don't know if this was the first kind of goofy instructional video, but definitely one of the earlier ones and sort of a tradition that was carried on. The Gaucho's method of eating looks quite simple, yet requires a certain amount of practice. One, two, bite, cut, chew. You know, I learned in this segment that there's an Argentinian ostrich. 
<laughs> and I really liked. There's a moment in the in this short where everything goes into slow motion. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Which was really cool for like uh-huh. hand, for hand drawn animation. Yes. And even the narrator's voice slows down. Yeah. <laughs> like that would take some effort back then. Nowadays, you literally just like click and change the speed, and that'll slow down the voice. But they're like the dude probably is actually just talking slowly, or they like have right. it on, or they like have it on a turntable on a record player, and they're like <laughs> playing it at half speed and then recording it again. Oh yeah, that was very enjoyable segment. I actually laughed out loud during that portion, and I was the only one <laughs> in the office when I was laughing. <laughs> Note the grace and beauty of this light-footed creature in startled flight. I read somewhere recently. If you're ever charged by an ostrich in like Australia or I guess Argentina, is that where Goofy is? Yep. Um, If you put your arm above your head to make it look like an ostrich head (laughs) so it's taller than the ostrich, it won't charge you because it thinks you're bigger than it. What the heck? (laughs) I'm glad I know that. Another fun fact for you. Thank you, David. And now from the Pampas to Brazil and Rio de Janeiro, city of amazing beauty in a perfect setting so from there we move on to rio de janeiro oh yes and uh get a bunch of footage of carnival which then leads into my favorite part of this movie the watercolor of brazil or aquarelia de brazil (laughs) this was like very much a separate segment they like introduce it with its own titles. Yeah, it was it's like, so weird. It's like it weird. It's like we made this. Let's just slap it on the end. Well, I mean, it's really it's a it's a mystifying, lively scene. Probably my favorite part of the whole production. Why do they have separate credits? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't I don't make know. any sense. That's a good question. <laughs> but I will say one of the reasons why I immediately took to this segment and this might be a little long of a story, but I'm just going to tell it. Bring it on. The song I immediately recognized, and the song Brazil, I don't mm. know if either of you recognized the song. No, I didn't. It has kind of become like a jazz standard over the years. There's recordings really? of it by many famous people. I most remember it from growing up, our dad always listened to Maynard Ferguson, who's a very, very famous trumpet player. And he has a version of Brazil that I am very familiar with. There's probably footage of me as a kid, like, dancing to it, because I loved dancing when I was a little kid. My huh. dad would always blast Maynard Ferguson throughout the house. <laughs> and so this this song pops up in my life all the time. There's a movie called Brazil, directed hmm. by Terry Gilliam, Gilliam, which I highly recommend. Yeah. Terry Gilliam is famous for Monty Python. He's he's he directed most of the Monty Python movies, and he's in the cast. Uh, he is he is the animator of Monty Python. All those weird animations he creates. No way. So he's just kind of a bizarre guy. Anyway, Brazil is one of the strange movies he made. I think in the eighties, eighty five, and the movie is named after the song because the song plays throughout the movie is sort of like the theme song of the movie even though the movie has nothing to do with brazil so anyway this song is just kind of like (laughs) permeated culture even Mm -hmm. to this extent which was mind-blowing when i figured this out so ryan johnson the director of the last jedi 
Boo. And, and Looper. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. Uh, is a huge fan of the movie of the movie Brazil, the Terry Gilliam movie. Okay. Okay. Uh, to the extent that in the scene where where Finn and Rose boo, boo. when they when they like park their ship on Canto Bight on the beach, mm-hmm. and that like blubbering blubbering alien goes up to the police and says like Ugh. they're in violation of code whatever whatever whatever. that whatever he says there that code is a reference to brazil it's like a common like numbers and letters in the movie brazil and when they walk into the casino the music cue goes dun 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 which is which is a complete reference to this song brazil which was made famous by saludos amigos so get that huh wow and, and now Disney bought Star Wars, so it's wow. all a circle. So, How deep the rabbit hole goes. So, so this song, Brazil, was actually not written for this movie, but it became popularized by this movie. I see. It became kind of a... If anything came out of this movie, it was the song Brazil. Hmm. So, by the way, Terry... I do know the song, by the way. I recognize it, yeah. too, from mm-hmm. childhood. From Maynard Ferguson. It was probably in some drum corps international that dad used to play all the time and <laughs> that yep. sort of thing. So, uh, so yeah, that is my Brazil rant and why I loved that segment of the movie. Very interesting. Terry Gilliam, by the way, directed 12 Monkeys, yep. Brothers Grimm, Imaginarian of Dark, Dr. Pernarsis. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Uh-huh. Yep. Did he do Holy Grail? Is he the director of Holy Grail? Uh, t- 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 or is yep. that? Yes, yeah. he yep, he was. And he's been trying to make a Don Quixote movie for like twenty years. The man who killed Don Quixote, I think it's coming out this year. It says twenty eighteen. Yeah, with Adam Driver. Correct. <laughs> How about it was that? in the Last Jedi? It was in the- oh. yeah, that's that's the, enough of that. Not to digress too much farther on Terry Gilliam, but he's been trying to make the Don Quixote movie for like a long time, and he's really. He's, He's tried to shoot it multiple times and it's like either gets like just the sets get destroyed by weather or like actors die or like all these things. Oh have my happened. There's, a whole do- there's a whole documentary about Terry Gillum's quest to try to make this stupid movie. Wow. Good for him. It's finally getting made. Uh, yep. Yeah, it, it released it. It can. But then there's this huge like lawsuit over like who actually owned the rights to it and stuff because some oh. like, investor screwed him over or something. So it's just like, oh, no it's way. just it's this comedy of errors. Oh, gosh. Anyway, Brazil. Any more comments on? I guess this is kind of the end of the movie. Um, I was watching some kind of historical context video about this movie. Jose Carioca like, got super famous in South America and was in comic strips and a lot of other things. So from this one segment, Jose Carioca like, became a mainstream cartoon character. Really? Just, pretty cool and they bring him back for three cabs so oh yeah yes he's such a charismatic and electric personality i really enjoy his presence when he got on the screen i found myself just wanting more even when the segment was over i was like oh more of this guy he's he's so much fun yep watch the next movie listen to the next podcast i will do both so there were a number of other sequences contemplated and maybe even produced for this movie that didn't actually make the cut um two were called pluto and the armadillo there's one called the (laughs) pelican and the snipe 
<laughs> um, which were which were made and, and released as separate shorts. Um, two other stories, The Flying Guachito and The Cold-Blooded Penguin, were made around the same time, and they used those in three cabs. And there was one final segment called Blame It on the Samba, which was ultimately used in Melody Time, which will come up pretty soon. That's uh, yeah. That'll be like four episodes from now, Melody Time, 1948. So they made a bunch of things and just kind of shoved them wherever they felt like, <laughs> which kind of <laughs> seems like that's kind of the era that we're in in Disney right now. Uh-huh. I, I like that part whenever uh, they take the shots of whatever, and it's so spicy that I think Donald, like, breathes fire or something, and then Jose lights the cigar with his fire breath. <laughs> yep, yep, I wrote that as well. And then and then Donald starts hiccuping, which then leads into a reprise uh-huh. of the Brazil song. Like, <laughs> That's he, so crazy. He hiccups to a beat. It was an early, an early version of Stomp. Brazil. We can start wrapping this guy up, but first we need some sort of rating system for Ooh. Saludos Amigos. So uh, there's nothing like immediately comes to mind. Any any thoughts on how we should rate, mm. rate this movie? Uh, what's the cowboy called? A gaucho? A gaucho? Guachito? Gaucho. Gaucho? El gaucho. How about five dancing gauchos? All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Out five of, is the most? Yeah, out of five dancing gauchos, how would you rate this movie and sort of give me your 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 hmm. your wrap up here? I'd give it three point five dancing gauchos. Okay. It it was despite Pedro, who I did not enjoy and could have skipped entirely, I I did find it very enjoyable for what it is, as a product of the times and also as kind of a, a like a time capsule for us nowadays to yeah, see for sure. Yeah. Their perception and, and just the entire composition of the work. It was very, very nostalgic, very enjoyable. I, I definitely, I, I, I'm a big fan of Disney. So I was enraptured with all the Disney charm and all those nuances that you find in those, those retro Disney films. All right, David, out of five gauchos, what do you got? Dancing gauchos. Dancing out of five dancing <laughs> gauchos. Um, I would give it, I think, 2.5. <laughs> oh, brutal. So 2.5 out of five dancing gauchos. Um, <laughs> this movie was just too segmented for me, too, like mashed together i mean we mentioned mm-hmm. that a few times it's it doesn't seem like a movie it seems more of like a exhibition of this culture mm-hmm. which and some of the cartoons don't even really feel like they fit in with a lot of the live footage um that's true it has some redeeming qualities like i mean the brazil song scene is pretty cool i mean i liked the donald duck short at the beginning thought that was charming yeah yeah um so it's not all bad that's why i don't give it a zero but i don't know i'm I'm, i look forward to seeing the three caballeros because i haven't seen that one either and i know that you you love that mike and they're fairly similar movies from what i understand so we'll see next week about that one but this one did not 
Do not blow me away by any means. I was gonna say you're gonna, you're gonna need to get used to this mashed together movie because we got <laughs> we got three cabs, make my music, fun and fancy free, melody time, and the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad coming up. And I don't think a single one of those has one coherent story. So <laughs> you might have to get, get over that. <laughs> yeah, a mindset change. You're gonna be really get stuck in a rut. Um, I'm I, Chris. I think I'm right with you at a three point five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I generally enjoyed this. I don't mind the segmented nature. At least, like, if you don't like something, it's over soon. <laughs> it's over quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah. This movie is a is a quick 40-something minutes long. I love the narrator, as I said. Fred Shields is my hero. <laughs> and the Brazil sequence is really great. So great. Including the introduction of a character who ends up in one of my favorite Disney movies ever, Three Caballeros, which we'll talk about next week. So, yeah, I'd say 3.5, <laughs> um, mainly for Brazil. I was didn't I had no idea that was in this movie and was very pleasantly surprised by the song, but also the overall production of that piece. Cool. So with that, any closing thoughts, guys? Um, one closing thought. Goofy is one of my favorite Disney characters. The Goofy movie, also one of my favorite movies. Such one a great and movie, two, so. but it's not on the list. I know. <gasps> I know. Wait, but... neither of them? No, they were Goofy movie was produced by Disney Toons, which was a separate division of the company. No way. Yep, they, who also made a lot of like the those like direct to VHS sequels and stuff. So, but but Goofy doesn't count. That that doesn't seem fair. I mean, if a if, shame if we get through to the end of we'll 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 if we need more movies to talk about, we'll we'll swing back around to some huh. of those. Man, what a raw deal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was saying, uh, I love that movie. I love Goofy, and I'm glad he got his first feature introduction and screen time because he's a good, uh, entertaining character. For sure. Yeah. And I don't really have anything else to say, so thank you for, for listening to another episode <laughs> of Disney One by One. Please check us out on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else you listen to your podcast to give us a rating and review because that can only help us, not hurt us, unless you write a one star, but whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll let that be. And if you write us a review, we'll, we'll read it on the show. So there's some great incentive there. So next week, we have finally three caballeros, three gay caballeros. They say we are birds of a feather. My number two favorite Disney movie of all time, which could change as we go, but you never know. So... Thank you, Chris, for joining us once again on Disney One by One. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. And David, mi hermano, thank you again for being on the show. Si, si, senor. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. And David, good as always to chat with you about Disney. Yes, I am happy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Threw you a zinger there. (laughs) (laughs) 